so right. welcome to committed the podcast that is smitty <laughs> and that's jay and we're and committed, we're committed. <laughs> um that never gets any smoother but that wasn't too bad no it was i think that was better we're getting better at it <laughs> slowly but surely slowly but surely uh just to start us off with our typical warning, Jay and I are not psychiatrists, counselors, um, psychologists, or doctors of any kind. Nope. Uh, we're just here to discuss mental health and different things that affect your mental health to get the conversation going because we think that people don't talk about it enough and to help remove the stigma about it. So that's our goal. <laughs> so, yes. Listen or don't listen. Take our Do advice listen. or don't take our advice. <laughs> but we are not medically certified in any way, shape, or form. Correct. We are just <laughs> here to create a discussion, a safe place to talk about mental health um, in all its forms. And, yep, we are not certified as doctors or therapists we don't have degrees in that we just have a bucket load of issues and want to talk about them and yeah. kind of relate to others in the same way hopefully you know that if you've been listening to a couple of our episodes by now we are definitely not certified but uh <laughs> this is the first time because you're tuning we're in so professional is what you mean yeah exactly so professional <laughs> this is your first time tuning in welcome uh, we are talking about cyber challenges today. Uh, we are. Smitty, do you want to like preface why we thought this was an interesting topic to discuss right now? You know, uh, it, this week or this past week, several people, parents at work were talking about the Momo challenge that apparently was a hoax, but it was going around, um, and how nervous they were about it because their kids are young and they did not know what the best way would be to discuss that challenge with their kids. Yep. Um, I think it has different, it presents different issues depending on the age of your child, you yeah, know, from definitely bringing up a topic that could be, that is scary and hard to discuss to a young, young child or talking to, to an older child about peer pressure and, you know, doing things because they feel like they have to, because someone told them. Yeah. It just, yeah, it was, it was an interesting, interesting discussion with these parents because they are parents that do all the research and look, you know, do everything they can to keep their kids safe. And here was something that came out of the blue. They're like, and people were saying it was on YouTube, the YouTube app. And, um, they, they were like, we let our kids watch that because yeah. we thought it was, you know, it was so safe. let's, yeah, let's do a little a, bit of background on it. Um, okay. So the Momo challenge, uh, it, really came into the public eye in July of last year. I keep forgetting when 2019. So yeah, July 2018. And when it was noticed yeah. by a YouTuber. And so the idea is, 
I think it kind of presents in different ways. And so the way that the parents at your office were talking about it was that people are worried that the Momo character or the people behind Momo are inserting uh, videos and images into YouTube content that is aimed at children. And originally, I think it was meant to be somebody or, or multiple somebodies were messaging people and encouraging them to do this challenge. Um, and it starts, it would start off innocuously, start off innocently, and then escalate into acts of violence, attacks, self-harm and suicide. Uh, and so it was, has been linked to some suicides, but there is no actual evidence. Uh, I think the most famous one is the death of a 12 year old girl uh, in Argentina, I think it is, although there is no evidence that she participated in the challenge or even knew about the challenge, but that is how this has kind of snowballed into a bigger issue than maybe it would ever have been. Um, it's because people are panicking about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it started as messages, encouraging kids to do challenges and has now recently people have been worrying that this Momo character or people behind Momo have been inserting stuff into kids YouTube channels. Which um, is scary in and of itself just because whether or not this challenge was actually a thing or you know um, or a hoax it's not the first or the last time we're going to hear about things like this. Yeah, correct. And it's, I think back to when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, there was a game called Bloody Mary. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I don't know. So it, it became a big thing at like slumber parties and like at school, we would do it. People would do it at school too. And you would go in the bathroom and turn off the lights and you're supposed to say Bloody Mary three times and then she would come out of the mirror. Okay, I have had of this, um, yes. Yeah. So while it didn't present itself as like, it's like do self-harm or do anything to yourself, when people would do it, they would start spreading stories about what happened to them. Yep. And, you know, if they saw her, if she hurt them and... Even, like, right now, there's still a little part of me that doesn't like talking about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was such a scary thing at the time. Um, and I I don't think I ever actually – I mean, I tried it, but I don't think I ever actually made it through, the, like, saying it three times because I was scared <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Um, so I think about that and how quickly it caught on. Yeah. And then, like, that on steroids when it comes to something online – the age of online because yeah. yeah it can just spread like wildfire kind of reminds me of uh slenderman right yes yeah and how that started off as a story that became a reason that two girls killed their friend because they yes. said that slenderman made them do it and it's become 
a weird part of our modern folklore. This this idea of this character, this slender, creepy looking dude, um, that is able to have an effect on you and able to kidnap you and able to drive you out of your sanity. Um, I did actually watch the movie. It wasn't good. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, the actual movie. Yeah, there's a documentary yeah. too. Uh, there's also a video game. Like it's it's a big part of our modern folklore. But I think that's what this kind of stuff stems from too. Is is um, when lore or stories take on a life of their own. And so, yeah. whether it's Slenderman, whether it's Bloody Mary, or whether it's Momo, and it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you saw, but the art work or the face of the character Momo actually wasn't related at all. Like it was actually by a Japanese artist called Kisuki uh, Asawa. And people just appropriated his art for this Momo character. Oh, I didn't realize that. That didn't yeah. come up in what I was reading. Okay. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's a weird appropriation. I guess it's like somebody taking... Uh, an artist's rendition of a, of a character and saying it's Bloody Mary. It's just kind of putting a, a face yeah. to a name. But yeah, interesting. But at least Slenderman has his own kind of lore behind it. But yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like the idea that in this day and age, this kind of stuff really takes root and can become a bigger issue than like a local panic. Because it is really, it's worldwide. It's Parents all yeah. over the world are worried about this Momo challenge. Yeah. Well, and I think as as adults, it's hard for us to conceive of the fact that, or even, you know, think, I guess, because of denial, that the, it, if our kid was saw <clears throat> something like this, they would actually believe it or listen to it. But we forget that they're... they're still growing they, they are still tr- trying to understand like to find a difference between fact and fiction so that for them it's much harder to um, not feel pressured into doing something if they're telling them that they'll get hurt or their family will get hurt or um, I mean all kids are impressionable but kids that may be struggling with any type of mental health issue could be at higher risk for something like this. Because they're already more vulnerable, they're already struggling with stuff, and so this yes. is... The defense is already down, perhaps. And so this could be right. an, a, an easy way for other people to, to target them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it kind of reminds me of uh, the other challenge that was around in like 2016 I think it was the blue whale challenge and I didn't do much research on it when it ha- was happening but it actually seems like it was more of an issue and I don't know how many deaths were associated with it but it was definitely a real challenge that was happening on the internet um I don't know how much research you did on it but it was basically kids were running this so they were the admins to this challenge and they would assign the challenge takers. Sorry, I hit my microphone when I did that. They would assign the challenge takers uh, a list of like 50 tasks 
over a, a, a range of 50 days, so one task a day, starting with small innocuous things like watch a horror movie or um, what was it, like sneak out of the house, I guess. And then it would ramp up to self-harm and suicide. And I don't know how many, like I said, I don't know how many suicides have actually been linked to the challenge, but it was a real challenge that was taking place and it wasn't adults running it, it was kids. So really in, insidious, like creepy little challenge. But again, another another moral panic about what kids are doing on the internet and what they're reading and watching and taking part in. And I think that's even a little scarier that it, it was the admin for children behind that. Um, totally, yeah. Because you think about bullying in general and peer pressure in general and having these conversations with your kid. Um, but your five and six year old, how do you talk to them about something like this? How do you bring it up? If you've never, you don't want to talk to your five or six year old about suicide because they don't need to know what it is yet. Right. Yeah. They don't, they shouldn't even, it shouldn't even be a thought in their head, but this kind of thing is forcing parents to have these types of conversations with kids that are that young. So I think it opens up a good dialogue in general. Obviously I, I don't think that kids of five and six should have to be warned about peer pressure or bullying or gory content on the internet. But I do think that in much the same way that 13 Reasons Why, as much as we hate it, opened up a good dialogue with parents and children. I think Mm -hmm. the only good thing about these challenges is it maybe opens up the dialogue between parents and children and has them having a conversation about peer pressure and not doing anything that you don't want to do, not feeling like you have to do stuff just because someone tells you to. Um, and I guess, yeah, what are you watching on the internet? Like, what are you, what images are you consuming? Um, because 13 Reasons Why, I think, oh God, it's just such a, a horrible show. With the, with the content it has in it. And it's very mm-hmm. upsetting. Um, and so knowing that your kids are watching something like that and that it's that it's aimed at teenagers. I mean, we as adults didn't want to watch it. Right. So just, you know, that, that kind of stuff is aimed at teenagers. So it's good to know what your kids are consuming media-wise because it allows you to connect with them and talk to them about this stuff because it does end up affecting them whether it's it them and they're them directly or their friends or family members mental health is such a huge issue in our society um, and it needs to be something that's top of mind and something that's discussed with with parents and children but in the so i was in one of the articles that i was reading they were talking about um, taking that better safe than sorry approach, like mm-hmm. going ahead and having the discussion. And then there's the other side of it where that ends up doing more harm than good. Yep. Um, 
that because you may be scaring them when there really is no threat. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know, which is, as not being a parent myself, I don't know what I would do. I, I would want to scare my child unnecessarily, but I also would want to prepare my child for anything they may see that they, sh- you know, that is in, like uh-huh. any of these, whatever you call them, cyber challenges, challenges or yeah. th- something that's asking them or telling them to harm themselves or harm somebody else or may seem to them initially like it's no big deal because it's, you know, like you said, it starts out as something small, like watch a horror movie or watch a scary movie or something like that. But you want your child to come, you want that open communication so that your child would um, don't tell be, you that, they're, that yeah. this is something they've seen online. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Like the, do you talk to them about it if they haven't mentioned it? Do you bring it up or do you so, not? Does it depend on the age. Yeah, that it's, it's difficult. And I think the problem with Momo especially is that it is a hoax. So people like, so I think it became popular again because Kim Kardashian mentioned it recently mm-hmm. on social. And so like drawing attention to the fact that, you know, parents watch out that these things are like you know, these images are appearing in kids YouTube and, you know, be more aware of what your kids are watching. And that's, that's good and bad because it's, it's fear mongering. So it's making parents panic. Um, it's making them, the, the, what I read was called moral panic. So mm-hmm. it's making them worry about what their kids are doing and watching and consuming when there's no actual need to worry. But I do think it kind of raises the issue of just because we're not, we don't need to worry this time doesn't mean we don't need to worry in general about what's happening on the internet. Because like you said, you know, just because Momo was fake doesn't mean that Blue Whale Challenge wasn't fake and, you know, Slender Man is a weird folklore issue. But clearly this stuff can have an effect on kids. Um, yeah. So... I think it comes down to trust and creating a safe space for your kids to feel like they can talk to you about anything. And maybe, again, not a parent also, so it's good to have had the parent's perspective when you're at work um, to know that this is stuff that worries them. But I think, yeah, it's it's creating a dialogue between your kids and yourself saying that there are there is stuff on the internet that it's not going to make you happy, it's going to upset you. And I guess it's just always being able to talk to them about stuff like this. You know, without making it, like sensationalizing it, right? You know? Yeah. Bring it to them from a a place of if you ever see something that makes you uncomfortable, maybe not even using the name, yeah, you know, Blue Whale Game or Momo Challenge or Slender Man. And it, it is, it's, these things are like urban legends gone viral, right? Just, yeah. And we used to, I mean, growing up, everybody here has urban legends that, you know, 
echo that they're they heard when they were kids but it was so easy for us to just disregard them like it was there was fun in being scared and then we could disregard them because there was never any proof or any you know but online there can be proof even if it's not like there there's for some reason there's an element of truth to it because it's online it's like oh the internet's on said it so it's true even if it's not (laughs) yeah you know especially in a kid's mind like it's on the internet so it's true so I think having that like it is good yeah I think you're right to have the discussion but you want to I would think you'd want to approach it from a place that's not even mentioning the names and not putting oh, yeah, any no. validation to the ones that are out there that people are talking about. Yeah, I think you're right. Just being comfortable. And I think starting young, if your kids are on YouTube at age, whatever, five or six, just starting them young and saying like, this is a place for right now. It's a place for viewing content like TV shows. But if there's anything that ever makes you unhappy or upsets you or makes you feel uncomfortable, yeah, talk to me. Like, show me me what's happening. Talk to me. Come to me. You're never going to be in trouble for what you watch or, you know, but let's let's have a conversation about it. What made you unhappy? What made you uncomfortable? Because... That hopefully is going to start off a, a good basis for them coming to you if anything down the line upsets mm-hmm. them or scares them. And just, yeah, it's, especially right now, it's not their fault if something pops up in their video, but you're hoping that YouTube is going to be a gatekeeper for content. But that doesn't mean that the next video that pops up isn't going to be something clickbaity or something that has an upsetting content in it i did read that there are some videos on youtube that have stills from children's tv or they have characters from children's tv but the content is not child friendly so i don't think it's on i don't think it's on the children's youtube but i think it is on youtube in general and so it is you know i think parents want to feel safe putting their kids in front of youtube but yeah, I think starting the conversation off with them of this should be enjoyable content that makes you happy that, you know, but this is, it is the internet, you know? And so I think starting that, that conversation off, starting kids off, off early, I don't think there's anything wrong. You don't have to talk about cyber challenges or, you know, predators on the internet or suicidal self-harm. But like you said, if anything makes you uncomfortable, if anything makes you sad, if anything makes you unhappy or upset or whatever, like, toned down words you can use to encourage your kids to open up a dialogue with you because... Running? Hopefully... Ain't just about running. Oh my God, hold on. <laughs> what is that? Some ad in one of the... Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> one of the... That's so funny. The articles I had pulled up, like an ad just popped up. <laughs> and it had it had sound to it, and I I don't think I I didn't think I clicked it, but out of nowhere I heard I was like, is that Jenna's or is that no? Me? Oh, that's mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's really funny. Um, 
but I mean that's that's pretty that's pretty spot on example yeah. of actually you weren't expecting that right so right. that could have been really upsetting content because of what we're, we're researching right now um, it, yeah that's true and that's how easily it happens too yep <laughs> so yeah i think <laughs> mental like, health we planned it <laughs> we totally planned it <laughs> starting young but also yeah open up the dialogue because there is so much stuff online and even through I mean, yeah, a lot of this is around younger kids because that's just kind of how this conversation came up for us with co-workers who had younger kids. But, uh, you know, it goes all the way up to teenage years with 13 Reasons Why and how disturbing that was for adult viewers, never mind teenagers who are potentially living through some of the situations that they're showing. Right. Um, Whether it's gun violence or assault or self-harm or suicide. But... The way that it's presented is really upsetting. So it's good that it's creating a conversation, but also can be really triggering for kids. And mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to watch what they're watching to create a dialogue with them, discussion. Maybe you'll do some research on it, like like we did, and you know, open up that the conversation lines so that they know that there's a safe place to talk about this stuff. Um, it won't keep them safe from the world. I mean, we can't wrap the kids in, in bubble wrap and cotton right. wool, but maybe it will create a dialogue where they feel they can talk about some of this stuff before it gets to the point of actual self-harm or following through on harming themselves. Yeah, because I think... Um... The more you, the more it's talked about, the more um, credence it gives it, right? And the more with challenges builds around it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The more these challenges are talked about. Um, but it's the opposite with well, yeah. But it's the opposite with actual mental health. The more we talk about it, the more we reduce the stigma, right? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think you hit on a very important differentiation. There is about talking to your kids about their mental health, about how they're feeling, about things that make them feel unsafe or scared or unhappy or sad is a, that's the way to battle these kinds of things that 30, they are going to face out in the world and opening those communication lines without addressing have you heard of the blue whale challenge or the Momo yeah. challenge or I don't even like saying the word. It's kind of like when you have the, um, the mass, a mass shooting and mm. you don't want to talk about the actual Shooter. shooters. You yeah. want to focus on the victims because you don't want to give the, I mean, a lot of news, um, channels prefer not to, give the shooters any credit because that's what they're looking for or a platform yeah right yes yeah um it's weird how all of these things interconnect and yeah and we will be doing there's always going to be another one there's always going to be another scary challenge or urban legend it's just now that it's online it's so much easier to get to our kids so much easier and we will be doing deep dives on 
topics like cyberbullying and when you've got the headspace, I do think we should cover uh, shooters and, and uh, mental health. Mental health, yeah. Yes, because that in and of itself is... A whole big topic. It is. <laughs> yeah, so it is something that we'll cover. We're not just going to mention it in this episode and never talk about yeah. it again. It's just heavy, so we want to do it justice. The same with cyberbullying. Um, True. True. But this was just, yeah, a way to kind of segue into some of those bigger topics because uh, especially the moment challenge is very re- relevant right now. And yeah, it does affect it does affect mental health. It does affect families and, and how you talk to your kids about how they're doing. And what um, the parents I heard at work talking about it um what was great about if there can be anything great <laughs> about it was they were helping each other determine how to talk to their kids about it. Cause their kids were all different ages and oh, nice. you know what to say and how to handle it. So, um, it not only opened the dialogue between them and their kids, it opened a dialogue between them and their peers. Interesting. And that could lead itself lend itself to um, maybe somebody reaching out to you that needs like, Hey, while we're talking about this, I'm having a harder time right now. Can we, you know, just being more open to the discussion that there's so many things that affect mental health and with the internet triggers are all around kids and they really can't get away from them short of, I mean, they have to use computers now for their homework. Yeah. school and you I mean you can take their phone away from them but that doesn't <laughs> preclude them from watching stuff on TV or watching stuff on an iPad or even if you took all their screens away from them <laughs> but they're also they're around their peers as well yeah yeah I think it's great like opening up communication between peers as well with parents I know it's a struggle to know how to kind of open these up these conversations so it gets great that the co-workers leaning on each other um i had a thought and i've lost it now so uh, yeah sorry. <laughs> it's okay no i think it's it's really good that there's peer support oh that's what i was gonna say um as a crisis tech plan counselor uh we do have training on when challenges pop up Mm-hmm. Because it, we need to know how to talk about them. We need to know that they're happening, um, and also how to diffuse the situation. So, you know, even though the Momo challenge is a hoax or was a hoax, uh, it was still something that was being discussed in the media, and therefore still something that the parents were worrying about or the kids were researching online to see what it was. And so we did get a bulletin on our platform about the Momo challenge. We also got one about the Blue Whale challenge because it's important for us to know how to talk about it and um, how to address it with people that are worried about it. Um, So I will say if you are worried, yeah, talking to your peers, but also there are resources online. I know that's kind of where it all started, but there are resources online to help you figure out how to talk to your kids about this kind of stuff or figure out 
if it's something you should be worrying about and what you can do about it. And I will say crisis text sign, if you don't feel like you can talk to your kids about something, crisis text sign is a pretty good number to give your kids because it's a way for them to talk about what they're going through and find support. Uh, there are also tons of other good resources online for kids, uh, younger and old, uh, so teenagers and pre-adolescents. But there is also, you know, suicide hotlines if that's something that your kids are worried about. Because uh, a, a lot of these challenges end in, you know, preempting them to to kill themselves. So that is something to, to have on hand, I guess, mm-hmm. if you feel like that's something your kid would be worried about. But also just for other resources, but for other peers and parents, um, just knowing that they can, there are resources for them if they're worried about it. Yeah, uh, there's a website, uh, nationalonlinesafety.com, that has webinars and courses and resources. So I have webinars that parents and teachers, leaders, and um, can take to be prepared to have these discussions. That's Um, awesome. I didn't know about that. Yeah, and it gives... We'll link that that in the show notes. Yes, nationalonlinesafety.com. Cool. And they have a phone number also. Um, it's 1-800-368-8061. We'll put that in the show notes too. Cool. Um, but they have, um, I'm just looking at the webinars right now, and they have the impact <laughs> of online behavior mm. on mental health and well-being is one of the webinars, which is actually something I wish I'd watched before <laughs> we even started talking about this because it would have really helped. But um, it's it's hard to start these conversations with your kids, especially if they're younger. So those types of resources will help you do that. Yep, totally agree. And just even having conversations, whether it's with your coworkers or other parents, you know, or just friends about advice and, you know, how do they talk about it? Because you're right, not all of us grew up with the internet being such a presence in our lives, you know? So it's good to kind of check with others how how they're approaching these conversations and, you know, tips and tricks. And yeah, online it's uh, a beast, but it can also be helpful to figure out how to open lines of communication and, you know, do research on this stuff and figure out how to talk about mental health because it's super important not just for ourselves but for others that we know how to talk about mental health mm-hmm. agreed it's not it's not always an easy discussion but it's definitely something that we should all important be one. taking into consideration more agreed and be more sensitive to agreed Sorry. so <laughs> Momo challenge, a hoax, but yes. um, if you are worried, yeah, we're going to link in the show notes to online the online safety website and crisis text line um, for you or your kids. And uh, yeah, just communication is key. That's the best way to, to kind of sum this up, I think. I agree. Um, you want to do a self-care uh, tip for the week? Hell yeah, I do. Uh, (laughs) yeah but I mean I guess yeah I do Um, 
I have started doing self-care Sundays. Ooh. So tell me more. <laughs> I will. So basically <laughs> every Sunday I dedicate a little bit of time to kind of getting ready for the week ahead and kind of recovering from the week I've just been through and whether it's meal prepping or relaxing and kind of pampering myself or uh, setting out my gym clothes for the week so I'm ready to actually commit to my workouts or setting an intention. I'm basically kind of using Sunday as a reset and I've started posting it on Instagram too, like whatever I'm doing that day. So I think last week was tidying. So it's not glamorous, but uh, my self-care tip, I guess, for the week of, of last week and for last week was tidying. So I was, it wasn't like a Marie Kondo in my life, but I was basically <laughs> getting my space in order so that I felt like I had more of a handle on what I was doing with my life. Right. <laughs> so Do you feel like leading in like it helps lead into a Monday better like you don't dread Mondays as much when you do this um what self-care or tidying the self-care Sunday yeah um it definitely puts you in a better headspace I think like feeling like I had tackled something on Sunday made me feel good so it's because sometimes weekends can be for me especially it's a lot of sleep and Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily always feel as productive so I think having something that I do on Sunday, whether it's the entire day or an hour. I think tidying took me a little while because my room was a mess, but it was my way of kind of focusing and getting ready for the week and intention setting. And, you know, I wanted to be in a better headspace. So yeah, I think it definitely puts me in a better mood on a Sunday when I take a little time for myself. And I think just focusing on one aspect of self-care is a really good way of ending a week in a high note and starting the next week in a high note. And yeah, especially with, with tidying, I felt like I think when we have a messy room or house or apartment, whatever it is, I think it kind of spills into our mindset. So I definitely think that tidying up made me feel like I had a bit more control over my day and my week to come so yeah definitely. I like that that's a good one um and it does if your space is organized it kind of just makes you feel more at peace right more yeah content. definitely um so mine's strange I guess <laughs> I don't know um, that's fine I recently reached out to so here's one of the like upsides of on of in the internet, right? And on Facebook. Um, I reached out to a professor, a creative writing professor I had in college, Ooh. and um, through Facebook Messenger, and she actually got back to me, and Aww. now we've been talking. Come to find out, she's um, gonna be here in April for a poetry reading. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so we're going to actually, like, I'm going to try to go to the event if I can still get a ticket, and I'll get to reconnect with her. And I think um, the the self-care tip is that don't hesitate to reconnect with someone from your past, even if they were 
um, a professor or a teacher or somebody that you sort of reported to or, you know, mm-hmm. um, because we're still peers to each other. Yeah. And that's what that kind of taught me is like, take, I really loved her class and she made an impact on me and I wanted her to know that. So oh, I nice. thought, well, I'll just tell her and yeah. you know, cause she's retired now, doesn't live here in Bloomington. And so I think if you feel, I guess the, the tip is in telling people when they make, when they make a difference in your life. Yeah. Even if it's something really small, because that also makes a difference in their life. Yeah. It's, uh, helping others helps you feel good. And I think yeah. the same key said of spreading love, you know? Yeah. And it started a conversation now of like, she, um, wants me to share my writing with her and she'll share oh. her writing with me. And, um, that's lovely. It's very exciting for me because now it's more of a community of support. Yeah. And she's going to connect me with others that she, um, does this with, you know, that she shares writing with and yeah, kind of get me back into that arena. Whereas I've kind of yeah. fallen out of it. Yeah. Um, that's great and that is great self-care because you're getting back into something you enjoy and creating a community around it which is so important yeah and I think we all need something that breaks up the monotony of go to work (laughs) the nine to five yeah yeah cook dinner go to bed do it again tomorrow you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely we all need something to look forward to and stuff that breaks us out of our routine um and gives it a little joy so yeah I good job dude so thank you i'm very excited about it i, I think it'll be good opportunities nice. so hey everyone thanks for listening um and please reach out to us if you have questions if you have um comments uh committed the podcast, the podcast. <laughs> yep and right? we're also on instagram yes um i just want to quickly shout out some of our self-care mental health homies um is my crazy showing podcast they're also on instagram they're an incredible podcast and they are great at sharing tips and kind of talking through their own experiences and one of them recently was in a mental health institute she got help and i think that's so important to shout out for yes. somebody that's struggling, getting help can be really difficult. And so I just want to applaud one of the hosts for getting help when she needed it. Um, and so I, courageous to take Yes. Step. And I super recommend their podcast. They're awesome ladies. So check them out. It's my crazy showing podcast. And also check us out on Instagram too. Um, and recommend us to your friends because we love you all. We do love you all. So <laughs> if you need us, we're here. So hey... Um, that's Jay. That's Smitty. And And we're committed. We're committed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.